This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Najee Harris had the best season of any rookie running back, and it wasn't even really close. He really had a top five season of any running back in general, as far as the NFL is concerned. If you were to ask me, love everything about the young man. I think the Steelers have a very, very bright future at the running back position with a future superstar in Najee Harris. 307 carries, 1,200 yards on the ground. He added to that total with 467 passing or receiving yards, excuse me. You know what's funny? 74 catches. Is in 2019 or in 2020, before Najee Harris was even a blimp on our radar, right? Blip. Blip. I said blimp. Love a good blimp, though. There. When, before, all, before all of that, I remember looking at the running back group here in Pittsburgh between James Conner and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane thinking, okay, of these guys, who do I really like the upside most in? And based off of what I had seen, I said, Tony Mack, man, could be a future star at the running back position. Future stud. No. You have an eye for talent. This, This is what a real running back with talent is supposed to look like in the form of Najee Harris. Yeah, he is a stud. Uh, there's just not much more you can say about it. I mean, he, when he gets first contacted, he falls forward almost every single time. And he takes a lot of punishment, and he duels out the punishment. But he's also got elusiveness, and he's got some speed when he needs to use it. He's really the complete package as far as a running back is concerned. But the problem that often accompanies running backs that like to be physical like Najee and you know, instead of running out of bounds, decides to put the shoulder down to get the extra four to five yards almost every single time is that that body is going to wear mm-hmm. down. That is a really tough position to play in the NFL. It's got one of the shortest shelf lives of any position sure does. as far as the NFL is concerned. And when you're getting 307 carries per game and then they're using you in the passing game on 74 catches as well through a 17-game season, I mean, that is just being put through the ringer, especially the 307 carries. And the big worry that I have with Najee Harris moving forward isn't, oh, he'll hit a sophomore slump and won't be as good as his rookie year. It's the tread on the tires are going to be worn out in two or three seasons because he's just uh, the kind it's of the work. Bell it's the like we two, had. It's almost like he played two seasons this year based on the workload he had. Do you remember Le'Veon had like – 400-plus touches in his last full season with the Steelers. The season right before his his holdout. Well, Najee was like 20 away from 400 yeah. touches in his rookie season. It's Tomlin's M.O. Right, that's, and that's, in, that's, in, that's what Le'Veon Bell worked up to. And what, he was a rookie 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. So it took him five years to get to that number. It took Najee... Less than 20, only, you know, a 20-carry window away from that in his first year. That should absolutely be a concern, and that's the conversation we're trying to have is you can't go with, I think, in the future, moving forward with Benny Snell and Cam Balazs and Tony Mack as his backups because it's just, it's clearly not enough for the Steelers to have confidence in to say, okay, we'll give them a carry here or there. We'll give them a series here or there. To lessen the load on Najee. No, the, the the difference is so drastic that the Steelers are willing to work Najee 
until the tires fall off rather than just give Benny or, or Bellage or Tony Mack a carry here and there. I think I would hope and pray that Najee Harris doesn't come close to that 400 total touch number again in a Steeler uniform. The disparity of him having 307 carries and the next closest guy being Benny Snell with 36 carries is absurd. You need you need that second guy to be closer to 100. You need that second guy to be rocking at 85 carries per game, take uh, an extra, oh, I, I don't know, 50 or so carries off of Najee Harris's plate. And listen, Najee didn't fade down the stretch this year, and his lackluster performance against the Chiefs in the playoff game was more due, so, due to the injury he suffered in the Baltimore game the week before. Mm-hmm. But if you're a team that, say, three years from now, you got your quarterback situation figured out, and you're still riding Najee like this to the point you enter the playoffs with him having almost 400 total touches under his belt, the fatigue of that 18th game in the playoffs is really going to be in the back of my head that if the Steelers in two or three years are poised to at least string together a couple playoff wins and make a decent run, that you overworked your running back. And I think we saw some of that happen with Bell. Of course, the injuries happened to him, but maybe those injuries were compounded over time. Because they happen the, the so easily because of... He's out there all yeah. the time, and you don't want your running back's legs to be spent come playoff time. And I know the Steelers, yeah. with Ben retiring, are a long way away from thinking like that, but it's hard not to fall back into that mentality. It's the only mentality we've had for the past two decades here is that we're going to get to the playoffs. How do you win a couple playoff games? Well, still thinking like that, you got to save the legs of your your lead horse. And I think you'll get more out of him production-wise when you take carries away from him. As, as, as backwards as that sounds, <laughs> I think you'll be able to get more explosive plays and maybe even some more yardage per carry if he has less of a workload on his plate. Yeah, no, I... Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, but the problem is that you can't just take away the workload for taking away the workload's sake. They need another guy. They don't have it on the roster. No, that's the issue that the Steelers have is that they don't want to take it away from him because they don't, they're want, giving it to. they don't want to give the ball to Benny Snell or Kalen Balazs or Anthony McFarland. My, my thing here is looking at Kalen Balazs. This guy was a starter in Miami, and this guy was having a significant workload in Miami I don't know what happened that he came to Pittsburgh and it's just maybe just it's to, the age. They just went to bleep on him. Right? I mean, like, this guy was on, you know, to put it in, in the simplest terms I can, he was on fantasy rosters. He was he was a starter on fantasy rosters because he was able to get yards and touchdowns. 26 years old, four years in the league before this one. I mean, you you look at a running back and you you think, okay, this guy when the Steelers got him was only twenty five. That that is a ripe age, a ripe young age to to acquire a running back. You know, you hear about teams having to go after veterans, like the Titans had to bring in Adrian Peterson at one point, yeah, and right? so and so did the Rams because they were without their young studs, Cam Akers and, and Derrick Henry. Adrian Peterson was what thirty two years old. I mean, you've seen it happen. You've seen the 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 Seahawks bring back Marshawn Lynch out of retirement, yeah, because they were so depleted that position. You bring in a twenty five year old guy, and he can't even inch his way into the second uh, spot on that. Yeah, right. When Snell card. was healthy, it was Snell that got the carries, not Balage. 
So it's it's clear that it was a performance thing with Bellage. Sure. Because that checks all the boxes of the guy I'm preaching about right now is someone who's been there, done that, had success in the league, a little bit of a veteran presence, and it didn't work out. But the, just it, because one didn't work out doesn't mean you keep trying. You know what I mean? Like, don't get cold feet and say, well, we tried to go out and get Bellage to be that guy. Right. It didn't so work you, out. It's so not going to work out with just any keep, other Let's just keep it in-house. Like, just, sure. just because you threw at the dartboard and missed the first time, you can still aim for the bullseye next one. And I think now it's going to help that Anthony McFarlane will have a full offseason to recover because we knew he was dealing with injuries throughout the entire 2021 season. Maybe getting that proper rest is going to give him some fresh legs coming out because he's the youngest guy other than Najee. He's the youngest guy on this. De- yeah, he's twenty two years depth old. Chart. He actually might be younger than Najee too. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't it, know about well because Najee stayed. Najee right. stayed at Alabama forever. He is McFarland's younger so he, than Najee. Najee's there you go. He's the youngest. Twenty two. He's the youngest guy on your depth chart at the running back position. He should have the freshest legs. I think right now. I mean, looking at it on paper, it should be Najee one, Balage two, McFarland three, and Benny Snell four. I mean. I I remember at one at one point I don't remember which game it was, but Adam Crowley put out a tweet saying Benny Snell is a change of down kind of back in the way that, or a change of pace kind of back as in the pace that he's changing is that he sucks, <laughs> something along those lines. And it's true. I mean, you just don't get out of Benny Snell when he was drafted out of Kentucky. You thought he was going to be that tough nose. Helmet down, kind of like Najee is always falling forward. When they drafted him out of Kentucky, I was like, "This dude might take James Conner's job and be the guy." As did I. As did I, I think a lot of people. And I think the Steelers thought that too. I mean, sure. don't forget it was third round that they picked Benny yeah. Snell. It was a decently early round. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like Anthony McFarland being taken in the sixth round. Fourth round. Fourth but, round. But, sorry, but still. Both of those guys, McFarlane and, and Snell, are taken in rounds that you there was expect a running back them who was to taken, contribute. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm thinking of Jalen Samuels who was taken very late. I think you are thinking yeah. of Jalen Samuels there, who was another one that just didn't work out as far as. But that's guys. expected because you're a six round draft pick. That's not always going to happen. But yeah, you you spend high draft capital on Benny Snell for a reason, and it just unfortunately did not work out. I I, I don't know. So. It, Internal, so he's he's in what his third going in is to his fourth year or third Benny year Snell, I believe, I believe this is it's his fourth, his thir- year. fourth year with Mister Benny Snell football. Just double checking to make sure three years. So this will be his fourth year in the there NFL. There you go. He's Twenty-three so years old. If it doesn't, you know, this is his last year with the Steelers. So if it doesn't happen this year, if I don't see an inch of improvement, I'm not saying. Significant, yes, keep him. But even if there's a slight adjustment, I don't think that's enough. Well, look, internally, it's Snell and it's McFarland as your real options. Balazs, you'd have to go out and sign again. He's an unrestricted free agent. Only right. had him for one year. But you seem to kind of be talking yourself into Tony Mack maybe getting another shot here, and I just think that both of these internal guys are shot. I just no, don't think I mean, I'm either not... of them are, are the right choice. I and would I say think but... if we go into Latrobe next year or Hinesfield, I guess, if they're there, and it's Snell and McFarland competing for who's going to be the guy behind Harris, you've already lost as far as the running back room is concerned. Sure, I agree with you. But of the guys who are there, it would probably be Matt. Well, for the, if, I'm, if I'm doing what I believe is right, McFarland would be two and Snell would be three. But if I'm speaking from the Steelers' standpoint, it's Snell two and McFarland three. They just like Snell more than McFarland. That's fine. And I'm not saying that Tony Mack is your best option in-house and out-of-house. 
in-house, I think he is. He is your best option right now. Now, although is Derek Watt maybe a better option than all of them? Well, that's a different conversation because he's not even used properly. I would say that you can't really even use a draft pick on a running back because say you have you, too say many guys on the, the roster in the seventh round. Is that guy really going to contribute? He's just going to be another I mean, Benny you saw, Snell and Tony Mack, You right? saw what happened to your seventh-round punter. How much did he contribute this so, year? So maybe you take a flyer in the sixth or the seventh round on a running back, but it would be a miracle if he was able to be the number two and have 80 carries on the season and help spell Najee Harris from time to time. So I don't see looking into the draft as a real option because third, fourth round where you would get a guy that could potentially be that number two back right away want to take linemen i want to take a quarterback you know i got other fish that i need to fry before i get to the running back depth that i want to address so with that being said i think it's a slam dunk to go into free agency and try to snag a veteran kind of player that you can kind of get on the cheap i mean other than one that jumps out to me is david johnson from houston interesting that might be a little too steep of a price tag he made five million dollars last year his market value uh, of this season is looking like maybe an average salary of 1.5, 1.6, which actually, now that I'm looking at that, I would definitely do that. Mm-hmm. But that guy's been around the block, and you as a fantasy player know David Johnson will have Had a couple games a year we will have like 50 fantasy right. points or something. But so. at this point, it was like five years ago, maybe four years ago, he had that two-season stretch where he was the best running back available. 30 years old, so he's he's very old for running back, but I bet he has – enough in the tank for a season behind Najee Harris as an 80-carry uh, uh, kind of guy. That's fine. And I think, you know, as we pivot here to looking at free agents, it's it needs to be reiterated that other than Trey Norwood in, in the sixth round last year, can you tell me a sixth or seventh round draft pick by the Steelers that has been a contributor? Like how? What's the window you're you're limiting me to? I don't know. Well, I've been AB. I've looking. Well, okay, so that's that's the exception. And then uh, Vince Williams was the seventh round pick, so he was pretty good contributor. But those are hitting lottery. Those are winning yeah. lottery. That's not that's not uh, how you weren't expecting that stood, them. To ones be. that stood out to me: Anthony Ciccolo was only here for a couple of years. Tyler Medikevich only here for a couple of years. Meh. Both off the team now, Meh. and both just not that that great, right? They. Manikavich on the on the on the on the special teams definitely a contributor, but really other than those other than the lottery picks that you just mentioned between Vince Williams and and AB, I mean there really isn't another guy out there between the sixth and and, and seventh round. And you were right in uh, twenty thirteen, Vince Williams was a sixth round pick. Sixth round pick. So like you don't, I don't think you're really gonna get. A running back to come in, eighty carries, no. two hundred yards. So that's why we have to take a look at the free agents. I think out that's there. what they should do. And a guy that's attractive, but I, I think he really increased his market value this year with a really, really strong season in uh, Los Angeles is Sony Michelle, mm. and he is expected to make around five million dollars per uh, average annual salary this year. He's twenty six years old. He'll be twenty seven next year. I mean, the guy had 845 rushing yards this season and a hundred and some change receiving yards to boot. And that's uh, four rushing touchdowns. He was a good running back. That includes having to come in after not really doing a lot in New England. Right. And I have a feeling that with the Rams needing to focus on their cap hell, 
and having Akers and Henderson already on roster, they'll let Michelle go. I think he will be a right, but agent. the market is still going to be there. Just because he won't be re-signed by LA doesn't mean there won't be other teams outside of Pittsburgh trying to pursue this. And guy. you have to look at it from Sony Michelle's shoes. Maybe the Steelers come knocking with an offer, and he likes it, but he realizes I'm going to be second fiddle to Najee Harris. Whereas maybe a team like the Miami Dolphins come knocking and they're like, we really need a feature back and we'll pay you the same amount as the Steelers. I'm going to go to Miami and be a starter. Mm-hmm. And I think that Sony Michelle probably sitting back reviewing his season. I rushed for 845 yards this year. I'm a starting running back in the NFL. He for sure is. I mean, he was the starting guy in New England for a time. I just think he got a little bit dinged up and then they, they drafted, uh, what's his name, this past year. Blanking on the guy's name, but Ramondre Stevenson. No, that was one there was of them. there was There's there were two, two guys, them. right? There were two guys. Um, Damien and Harris. Damien Harris was out of Alabama. Yeah, he's been phenomenal for them. So there you go. I mean, I do think Michelle is a starter, and that could certainly Keep him hurt. away from Pittsburgh. That could yeah. certainly hurt the Steelers' chances of acquiring him. Speaking of Patriots running backs, James White is up as a free agent. He's 30 years old. I'm going to say, he's definitely getting older now. He only played in three games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll drive his value way I mean, down. you could get him for very, very cheap. It's just... But it would be a total, can this guy recapture what he used to be? And at, at this point, at his age, compared to the young guys on the roster right now, between Snell, Balazs, and Tony Mack, are these guys better options at 25 and 22 and 26 maybe compared to a 30-year-old James White? That's a great question to ask, and I don't know really the answer for you. Uh, another guy on this list that's intriguing to me is Cordero Patterson out of Atlanta. But that, I mean, talk about a market created for... He only made $3 million last year, and they're already expecting him to triple that yeah. as a $9.1 million. He had over 1,000 total yards of offense, 618 on the ground, 540. I mean, he was the, the best offensive player in Atlanta this year. Over 1,000 yards of total offense and 11 touchdowns. And that includes Kyle Pitts. I would have, I would resign him if I was the Falcons. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think the division's up for grabs as long as Tampa you doesn't said get a quarterback. That, and I'm, I'm, I'm still a little unsure. But you, you, you know, you don't have Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley is still up in the air. I don't know what's going on with him, physically and mentally. I don't know if it's something that he doesn't want to play football at all, or he wants to stay in Atlanta. But right now, you're kind of left with just Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson, who has found success every single city he's played in. It's ridiculous. Chicago, Minnesota, New England, now Atlanta. I mean, the guy just doesn't quit, and it's remarkable. It's really good to see as an NFL fan, but if you're Atlanta, you need to resign that guy because if you don't, it's going to be just Kyle Pitts, and then it's going to be a field day for opposing defenses having a scheme against you. One last guy I'll float by here, and then we'll, we'll move on to the sure. wide receiver rumor that I heard that I want okay. to address. Philip Lindsay. Miami's running back last year, played in 14 games, 240 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. So I don't think he's really going to set the market ablaze. But he's uh, also super young. 27. Oh, he's really? Yeah. He's so he was a rookie like... for four years, so he was old. Wow. So he was, okay. So I thought... He was 23 when he came out of college. See, I didn't realize that. But And I didn't realize it's been four years. I thought this was only like his third year. But asking him to come in and be the backup and get 80 carries... That's easy. I, I think that that's something that's doable for him, and I think that the money might be right, and I think that the want from other teams might not be there, and I think you can grab him. My only concern is his rookie year was his best year in Denver. Oh, yeah, and he was a pro bowler that year. Right. 
It, do you remember? It was him and some other guy who were both drafted as rookies in Denver. And everyone thought the other guy, and I'm completely blanking on that guy's name, was expected to be the starter. And then Philip Lindsay came out and was a pro bowl. It was really, really good, yeah. But he has kind of fallen off mm-hmm. of late. I think his second year in Denver was a letdown, and then he got traded to Houston, a letdown, and then he got traded to where? Miami, a letdown. Yeah, and some other guys on this list, like Rashad Penny, he ran for 740. I'm, I'm surprised Penny is a free agent. Yeah. He might not be. Seattle well, might bring right. him back. A lot of these guys might not be a free agent once their team decides to bring him back, and we'll get a lot more clarity on that. Um, do you think that there's a chance that the Niners, because of all of his injuries this year, move on from Raheem Mostert, or no, I mean, they bring him back? Is right? it is it worth it as a Steelers for the Steelers to pursue him, knowing he's gotten injured every single year, every of his year, career. and he's 29, and he'll he's, be 30 this time? That's remarkable to me. I didn't know he was that old, but. The guy, when he is healthy, is so dynamic. Very good. So good. And you can get him cheap now because of his injury And what we talked about earlier about speed being the first thing to go for these athletes, somehow that's like the one thing that hasn't gone. He's still very physical, but the speed is what makes him so dynamic of a a running back, especially at his old age of of approaching 30. But I, I just think it's not, even if the, Niners move on from him. It's not worth it. I think that the market for him could be very cheap and approachable just because of the injuries. But do you want to be the team to bet on this guy? I don't think I do. I also would be worried that although he's got a lot of skill, you laid it out beautifully there, speed's still there. How much of his success was due to playing in that Kyle Shanahan? Right. Who is the most friendly running back offense there is, other than maybe Tennessee. I would worry about that as far as wherever Mostert were to move on to next. Will he be able to capture some of that magic not playing in the Shanahan system? Before we wrap up this episode, our old buddy from Pittsburgh now gone national for ESPN, Jeremy Fowler, with some interesting uh, little nuggets about Chase Claypool that – There'd be a lot of teams interested in Chase Claypool for uh, kind of a mid-round pick, and my initial thoughts to that is I ain't trading Chase Claypool for a third-round pick. It, no. Do you want him to be better both on and off the field? Yes. Do you want his head to be screwed on more straight? Yes. Does he frustrate you a lot? Yes. Still has a really high ceiling. Sure. And, let's I'm, not, not forget. and I'm not giving away an asset like that let's for not a third-round pick. That year – was the first time the Steelers were without a first-round pick in a long time mm-hmm. because of the trade the year before for Devin Bush. Or, I'm sorry, for for Megan Fitzpatrick. Right, right. So he was drafted in the second round. That's technically a first-round draft first pick. first-round pick. He had 11 touchdowns his rookie season. And you argue that he was the best wide receiver in that rookie class, or you could make that argument. Yeah, between him and Jefferson, I think that's that's the two. That guy, of course, was the right, best. Right, but, but, but that's the two. I mean, he's two. he's number two for sure. It's just the value that they're reporting that teams would give up for him doesn't it's too match. low. If you gave me a first round pick for Claypool, sure. I'd definitely think about it. But you could you think about it. You wouldn't say yes. I wouldn't say yes. You'd though. say yes, deal done. But, but I'd think about it. it. But I'd probably still say no though, because you're gonna lose Juju. And I know we beat that drum last year and he came back. I really think this year it's right. He's gonna be gone. It's hard though, because of this injury, you just don't know. Yeah, but as much as he'd like people to think that he came back, and a part of it was because of this, but that he came back in that Chiefs games to help the Steelers, he it was wanted to, to help show himself that, that he, he the other 31 teams that I'm good, I can but play. But guess what? He 
didn't really do a lot. He, he got like two catches. But he was able to get through a game healthy That's after fair. coming back from injury three months before he was even supposed to come back That's from fair. The injury. So I think a lot of teams got a little bit of a relief for him there, but it's going to be all about the money for him, right? And I don't know if that money's going to be right because of, like you said, the injury he mm-hmm. suffered this year and kind of underwhelming seasons the year before and with the injury this year from Juju. But uh, I will be operating under the auspice this offseason that he is gone. So you don't have Juju coming back. You can't afford to lose Chase Claypool as well in the same offseason if you don't have to. The receiving room was a big disappointment this year, and Chase Claypool was probably at the forefront of that disappointment. But you can't lose two guys like that Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden have Deontay Washington and McLeod as your top three receivers. Here's a question. If the Juju deal gets done, say it's another... Well, okay, so here's the issue, is that if you bring back Juju, it's going to be on a one-year deal, right? Do you think Juju would keep signing one just one-year deal? I don't know. One-year deal? Like, or would he finally be like, okay, I tried this last year, it didn't work, three-year, four-year deal with the Steelers now. Like, I'd like to stay permanently. But then if you're the Steelers, you kind of have them by the, uh, the cojones, and you can be like, well, if we're going to be four years, then how about we drop a couple mil off of this contract then? So I think because of those reasons, it's too complicated of a relationship or too complicated. Just let him go. Just let him go. Just right. move on from him, but at the same si- at the, are, at the same time, you cannot move on from Chase Claypool because no, you but need my to hypothetical... have him and, him and Johnson and Washington need to at least be your top three heading into the draft. And well, Washington agency. is, but he'd be your top three, right? Sure, if, well, if he's brought back. This room's top three. McLeod might be the Steelers' top three with how much they love him. And that's a that's a big if 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 James Washington is back in the black and gold, considering what he had said about being unhappy here and. It really wasn't improved upon. Uh, same thing with Claypool, though. Were... I just don't think you can afford to lose the guy. I don't think you, you need can. the bodies in that room. So it's it's tough. I mean, this is a position, and we referenced this in our previous episode talking about the linebackers, where we just said, check it off. Let's talk about everything else because we know that is taken care of. That's handled. We love the guys there. The expectations are set at a realistically high point, but for good reason. And. Here we are at the end of the season saying, oh my gosh, this wasn't what we thought it would be, and are we at risk of losing not one but multiple pieces of this room? I would like to bet, too, on Chase Claypool bouncing back in his third season and having a good year as opposed to trading him, drafting a wide receiver with that pick you get back in the third or fourth or second round and hoping that he can become what Chase Claypool was his rookie year. I'll bet on Chase Claypool again. Sure. Just like Devin Bush, really. Just, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but just like Devin Bush, if it's back to back years of of underwhelming us, then, then it's we're a, having we gotta problems. have a conversation. We're gonna have some serious problems. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Jacob and I will be back again on another episode for you during today's recording session. It's talking about the states of the teams around the AFC North. So definitely tune in for that. But that's all she wrote for this one. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.